whoever is listening, however you are listening, I want to welcome you back. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man With A Plan podcast, episode 27. Guys, as always, thank you so much for the support on this podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts to help this community grow. Consider liking, subscribing, following, whatever it takes to let this channel grow, and let me know that you like what you hear. It really means a lot and really helps support this channel. Guys, thank you as always. So today, what are we going to get into? The summer is here, so that means more podcast episodes than I'm going to be able to make. Usually it was about once a week with college, but this is the free time. This is the time where everybody gets to relax, but we are going to continue to grind this podcast and have so much fun with it. We're going to talk about the QB hot seats, Drew Locke, Tua, and Big Ben. Why I think those three QBs could be in trouble. We're going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and Cam Newton. Why I think the competition could either benefit them or be an utter disaster. And style over substance. Why I think Cincinnati made a huge mistake. Alright guys, I want to get straight into this Cincinnati pick. So, I want to take y'all back to a quarterback named Andrew Luck. This touted generational prospect that everyone thought was going to be the next. Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, the heir apparent for the Colts. To fix the franchise that kind of went in the drain. It went 2-14 in 2011 when Peyton Manning had neck surgery and then ultimately chose to go to the Denver Broncos as they decided to move on. It was too much of a risk and it didn't look like it paid off. But they got Andrew Luck, so it was like a consolation prize almost. And Andrew Luck was a fantastic quarterback. There were flashes of greatness. There was flashes of just sheer GOAT mentality, GOAT attributes. And everyone thought that he was going to be a quarterback in the NFL for a long time. Only the Colts were poorly run, their GM, oh my gosh, it was just a disaster. Their offensive line was poorly managed. Andrew Luck got beat up a lot. And it didn't happen at first. It was a very gradual, slow and painful thing for Andrew Luck. His body just kept getting beat up and beat up. And I think the Colts, to their fairness, were able to realize it. And it was a little too late before they did. And they were able to say, all right, we need to get some guys. They got Quentin Nelson. They were able to make some good trades, and the Colts were a solid team, but Andrew Luck's body just couldn't take it, and Andrew Luck ended up having to retire. It was probably one of the hardest things he had to do, but I'm sure he enjoys it much now that he doesn't have to get hit, and he's made millions in his career. It was fun to watch him, and it's really sad. It's one of the great tragedies of the NFL, I think, that Andrew Luck just body couldn't take it anymore at such a young age. I think he retired at 29, and that was a shock to everybody two years ago when he did it. Because the Colts were primed for another playoff run, potentially a Super Bowl team. And you saw this year with Carson, so I say Carson Wentz, with Phillip Rivers. I was like, man, if they had Andrew Luck on this squad, they probably would have won the Super Bowl. I was serious. They had a great offensive line. Jonathan Taylor was an absolute beast. He was able to find those gaps. The offensive line was probably the best it's been in Indianapolis since probably Peyton Manning was there. And they had great receivers. And Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton was coming back. Phillip Rivers was solid. But if you imagine they had Andrew Luck, who was still probably in his prime, they probably would have went 12-4, and 13-3, and three, and really made some damage in the AFC playoffs. Their defense was solid. And this is where I go with Cincinnati. And why do you ask style over substance? Well, that's because with the fifth overall pick, Cincinnati selected Jamar Chase out of LSU. And one of you going to say, whoa, don't hate on Jamar Chase. What are you doing? And I'm, I'm not hating on Jamar Chase. This is what I'm saying. With the Bengals... I think that you have a prime opportunity here. I think that you really hit it off with Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is a great guy. 
great personality. He's really accurate. He brings a certain moxie, and he's actually really funny. If you listen to his mic'd up stuff, he's hilarious. He's like, oh, you're not going to hit me this time. I've learned from last week, and what do I call you, Mr. Ref? And it's like I was genuinely blown away. I used to be a guy that was a Joe Burrow hater, and I thought that he was the product of his weapons. And this is what actually I think Mac Jones will eventually prove people wrong with in New England. I think that Mac Jones and Joe Burrow's accuracy, they didn't have the greatest arm strength, but they were super accurate and super intelligent, and that's what's going to carry them in the next level. And I think with Joe Burrow, he was able to really adapt to the NFL very quickly. He was able to get great chemistry with his receivers, but there was one problem. Joe Burrow was getting the crap kicked out of him. The offensive line was not the greatest, and while they're dealing with a lot of injuries, they had a prime opportunity in so many mock drafts. And I know you're going to say, Grayson, are you basically your lead-on topic with the mock draft now? I think that Detroit had a freaking fantastic pick with Tanai Sewell. They should be super excited. This kid, along with Kyle Pitts, probably are going to be the two locks in my mind that are going to be really good to start off. Because with the quarterbacks, you can really never tell. And I think Trevor Lawrence may be the exception in this pool where they're going to right away just be freaking fantastic. But I think that the rare exception with Tanai Sewell and Kyle Pitts is that they're going to be freaking beasts. I think that you can almost guarantee the success with Penai Sewell. And I really think that Cincinnati missed the bar here because I think you missed a prime opportunity to protect Joe Burrow. But yeah, I hear you saying, but Grayson, they selected an offensive lineman out of Clemson in the second round, Jackson Carmen. And I think that's because they missed out on Penai Sewell. They were kind of reaching for that left tackle that could really try to replicate what Penai Sewell could be. And I honestly think it was a reach. I didn't think Jackson Carmen was NFL ready being a Clemson guy watching their games each day. I think he had a lot to work on. I think he was a fourth-round guy at best. And maybe he Jackson Carmen proves me wrong. He's got the great size for it, but I think Penai Sewell's athleticism and the way he plays multiple positions, I thought it was fantastic. I just think Cincinnati really missed the bar here. And maybe they proved me wrong. Maybe Cincinnati's offensive line is able to put it together and put a solid unit. But I'm worried that Joe Burrow's NFL career could be shortened because of one decision. I'm really worried. I think style over substance was the key here. And while I do think Jamar Chase is going to be fine in the NFL, you could put up touchdowns all you want, and Andrew Luck did the same, but let's hope that Joe Burrow's body doesn't give up on him before it's too late. All right, today we're going to talk about Cam Newton and Jimmy Garoppolo. And I've talked about Cam Newton and Jimmy Garoppolo plenty on this podcast, but I want to talk about something. And it really hit me in the car on the way home. I don't. It was something about practice, and we were talking about like how it's not the same anymore, teams aren't getting cut, and I was thinking, I think that adversity, when you're hit with adversity, you are really shown who you really are. Are you going to let it kick you in the face, and you're going to go and cower away from it? Are you going to get back up, and you're going to fight back? And I think with Cam Newton and Jimmy Garoppolo, they have a rare opportunity here where I don't think they're going to get traded away, and I don't think they're going to get cut, because I think the cap hit on Garoppolo would be ridiculous, and I think Cam Newton... The loyalty with him and Bill Belichick is a little too much. So this is what I think. I think Garoppolo and Cam have a unique opportunity to prove something. This is like a one-year warranty on a car, where you really have to find what you love about this car. Or it's renting a movie from like a Blockbuster, one of those red boxes. I think that's what they're called, red boxes? Like, I see them by my Walgreens all the time, and they have like movies avail- available to rent, and you can rent them for a certain amount of time, or a video game, and find out if you really like it or not. And what I think with that is that Cam Newton and Jimmy Garoppolo have a unique opportunity, 
especially with they have a great situation with the draft where everybody's kind of found their situation. So nobody's looking to trade or do anything. So I think Cam Newton and Jimmy G, they'll start week one because I think that Kyle Shanahan, Bill Belichick, they both don't want to rush things right away. They have teams that can win games without a rookie QB. And so this is what I'm thinking. Jimmy Garoppolo and Cam Newton, they play the entire year. And I think these are some unique teams that they could find that maybe are looking for trade partners or teams to sign them to be able to carry on that legacy moving forward. So this is what I think for Cam and Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the Texans, Steelers, the Dolphins, the Vikings, and the Saints are five teams in the future. And I'll go over them. The Texans, we know what's going on with this Deshaun Watson mess. We don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to play for the Texans ever again. They drafted that kid out of Stanford, but I think that's kind of a safety net in case things go wrong. And we don't know how that's going to work out. So maybe Jimmy G or Cam could sign there after a solid year with the Pats or the Niners and really take things and benefit from that competition. I think what I'm trying to make a point of here is I think Jimmy Garoppolo and Cam Newton could really benefit from somebody looming over their shoulder and that immediate threat could make them play so well that next year they're top commodities in the QB free agency market and they're able to make things happen for other teams and continue their successful careers. Because Cam Newton, NFL MVP, Jimmy Garoppolo appeared in a Super Bowl. These guys have talent, but maybe it's just not with the right team. I think Cam Newton may have something left in the tank. And if he could prove in New England and stay healthy in an extended schedule with all that's been said about Cam Newton, the shoulder, the foot, and out the attitude, I think Cam Newton has an opportunity to prove everybody wrong. And Garoppolo is able to prove that he can handle a franchise, be that starting QB, be that star. I think that they both have a rare opportunity to prove people wrong. And I think that these teams are perfect for them. I think the Steelers, Big Ben's on limited time, and he's on our QB hot seat. We'll talk about that in a second when we take a short break. I think that the Dolphins, it also fits in our QB hot seat with Tua. What is the situation with Tua Tagovailoa? Is he the the guy? A lot of people were like, maybe they kick quarterback. So I'm thinking and we'll talk about this later, the Dolphins could be a prime team because they have got a team ready to win a Super Bowl, in my opinion. They just need the right QB. Is that Tua? If they go 9-8 and or 10-7 and and they miss the playoffs again barely, do they start to look another way? I think that Brian DeFlores is in a very awkward but unique situation where he's got a really good team, but the quarterback might be lacking, and I think that maybe Cam Newton or Garoppolo could elevate that team if they have a strong year this year. Let's look at another one, the Vikings. Kirk Cousins. Do we think Kirk Cousins is necessarily the guy for Minnesota? I think Kirk Cousins is great. I love him. But I think that his time may be limited and that there are reports that they were looking for Justin Fields. So maybe if there's another down year for Minnesota, Kirk Cousins moves on from Minnesota or maybe even retires. And Jimmy Garoppolo or Cam Newton is looking to fill that void for a team. I think Jimmy Garoppolo fits Minnesota better than Cam Newton does. I think Cam Newton would fit better in a Miami or maybe even a, a Texan situation where they're not really ready to win yet, but Cam Newton could play well and start immediately. The last team is the Saints. They're kind of in a weird spot with Drew Brees. They're in an experiment mode right now because they've got Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. They're really like, let's go through this year. We have a great team, and they're probably able to win 9 or 10 games just with the talent on that roster alone. But I think that if Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, they don't really show it in that year, and then they look up and they have... Garoppolo throwing 25 touchdowns or Cam Newton putting up 25 total touchdowns and either team that we're talking about here with the 49ers and the Pats respectively make the playoffs I think you got a really strong case for these guys to make really strong pushes in free agency 
And I love Jimmy Garoppolo and Cam. Coming from a Patriots perspective, I really love what they have to offer. I think they're great leaders. I think they've made great decisions with the football. I think Garoppolo is sometimes dealt a shorthand, and his injury history might scare people away. But he, both of these guys have in common, if they can stay healthy for 17 games in an extended schedule, that shows something. It shows they've worked hard, they're durable, and they're ready to sign with a new team and take that team to heights that they really want to go to, the playoffs, the Super Bowl, etc. And that is why Jimmy Garoppolo and Cam Newton will benefit from the competition that is right at their feet. All right, we're going to take a short break. When I return, we're going to talk about the QB hot seat. Three QBs that I think are on the hot seat. I think what I want to do, especially when we have this lack of, like, I'm going to put air quotes on it, content with the draft, the schedule's coming up next week, training camp's looming away. I want to find some new creative ways to get, like, ending segments, like a QB hot seat or coach's hot seat or matchups I want to see or, like, a, a hot take that we can spew every week. I hope you guys enjoy that. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man Playing Podcast, and we will be right back. All right, and we are back. This is the Man with the Plan Podcast, episode 27. I hope you guys have enjoyed so far. I am super excited for next week. The schedule release is coming out, and there's some matchups that I really want to dive into. And I think with the schedule release, it really matters about placement. When are these teams playing and where? And I think we know where, basically, but the when is so important because we need to know what time. Like, is it an East Coast team and a West Coast team traveling to a 1 o'clock game? Those things matter. Is it a Sunday night game? Is it in the cold? Is it in the winter? Is it some like the fall? And it's just a whole lot of things that you can dive into and look at it from so many different angles. I love the NFL schedule release. I think it's a lot of people are like, dude, it's just a schedule. And I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. I like to freak out. And people are like, dude, you got to chill out. But I have a podcast to freak out on and you guys seem to like it to an extent. So I'm excited for that. Anyways, let's dive into the QB hot seat. This is where I think three QBs are in trouble. If they don't perform up to the expectations set for them, they could be either on the curb or in a bench role. Let's start with Drew Locke from the Denver Broncos. I think Drew Locke has kind of been on the hot seat for a while. I think after his year one, he went four and one as a starter. And I think a lot of people had a lot of high expectations this year for Mr. Drew Locke. And I think you could look at it from both ways because... I think that he was dealt a shorthand with the injuries with Cortland Sutton, his main guy when he was a rookie. I think that matters to a QB. What receivers do you have? The chemistry that you could build. I think that mattered a lot with Justin Fields in the Ohio State playoffs when he wasn't able to have Chris Olave and then he threw six touchdowns. It was just like a, hold on, <clears throat> excuse me. I think it really matters with the chemistry that you build over time and Drew Lock kind of missed that over the time with the season. And so you could go, all right, maybe give him another year with a healthy squad. This is where the hot seat comes in. If Drew Locke does not perform up to expectations with a fully healthy Denver Broncos roster, they could be looking the other way. Teddy Bridgewater was recently signed there to bring competition to Drew Locke. Teddy Bridgewater necessarily not a disastrous threat. He could be a guy that is solid enough that Denver's like, all right, we just need a guy who takes care of the football. I need Drew Locke to play less erratic. Teddy Bridgewater plays just with a calm demeanor, I think that maybe Denver is looking in another direction in a strong, not as strong QB class in 2022. 
Drew Locke could be on the hot seat very, very soon. I think that his performance last year was less than expectations. Denver didn't do so well. They're picking the top 10 again. It's always the cycle with Denver since Peyton Manning. They always feel like they have this guy, and there's just nothing like to him. There's no it factor. There's no, I guess Drew Locke, you could say, his it factor is his moxie and his confidence. But I think that you need, in order to have moxie and confidence, you need to be able to win games consistently. And I think that Drew Locke could do that this year. But in a division with the Raiders, the Chargers, and the freaking Chiefs, it is going to be incredibly tough for Drew Locke to be able to pull it out because I don't think he's the even the third best QB in his division. And I think Denver knows that too. So it could be a trouble. All right, my second QB on the QB hot seat is Big Ben Roethlisberger. And you're going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Ben Roethlisberger, he went to the playoffs. And even though they lost to Cleveland, they went to the playoffs. And I'm going to go... Ben Roethlisberger's old. Ben Roethlisberger, in my mind, reminds me of what True Breeze is right now. They're obviously not on the same spectrum before you angrily type in the comments like, Yo, Grayson's an idiot. Here's what I have to say about Ben Roethlisberger. I think that over time, that 11 game, they won 11 games and Ben Roethlisberger was really efficient. And then they went 12-4. and four. They went 1-4 in their last five games. And Ben Roethlisberger kind of deteriorated. I think his arm strength was starting to go. I think that he was starting to make worse decisions with the football. And now we have an extended schedule, and it doesn't seem like Ben Roethlisberger is the kind of guy that trains each and every day like a Tom Brady or a Drew Brees. He kind of just does the expected minimum and then calls it a day. And there was somebody that had a quote. It was like Ben Roethlisberger's idea of a workout is a yoga and a couple beers. And I was like, well, I don't don't quote me on that, but I think that's what I heard on a uh, on a, another, another podcast. And it doesn't seem like the work ethic's all there, especially when you're that old. You need to be able to keep your body in tip top shape. And I think that's what makes Brady so unbelievably fantastic is that this TB12 method or whatever the heck he does, whatever he's eating and doing each day, he's able to make it work. And he's about to be 43. I think he is 43 and he's winning Super Bowls and winning 12 games a year with a completely new roster in a year where he had a pandemic. We weren't able to have training camp. I think Ben Roethlisberger needs to be able to step it up, especially in a division that gets harder and harder each day with Baltimore getting better, Cleveland getting much, much better. And I think that with Cincinnati, they could be really competitive next year. A team that doesn't necessarily make the playoffs, but is able to challenge teams with Joe Burrow back in the in the front seat. I think that Ben Roethlisberger's got a challenge ahead of him because Juju and Chase Claypool aren't necessarily wide receiver number one. But I think that Ben Roethlisberger could make it work. But if he doesn't, again, Pittsburgh could be picking in a lower spot. They could use an asset to trade up. A lot of people had him taking Mac Jones or trading up to take a QB. They added Najee Harris. If Ben Roethlisberger's supporting cast, and a lot of people think his supporting cast is pretty solid compared to most, if it doesn't work out, I think Ben Roethlisberger could be in trouble and hence be in the hot seat. All right, my final QB, and it's kind of a little early for this, but I think it's worth mentioning is that Tua is on the hot seat in Miami. I think Miami's got a fantastic team. I think that with Buffalo, I think the digression is... They're going to naturally, I think, going to lose a couple more games this year. They're not going to go 13-3 and again. I think the the progression is there. They're going to be a really good team, but they're not going to take people by surprise like they did last year. I think that Miami's got a prime opportunity to win the AFC East and New England team. They're going to try to figure out who they are with this new roster. Buffalo is obviously going to be really good. I think the Jets, no one needs to worry about the Jets, at least now, because Zach Wilson, Robert Saleh, they have to figure out how to be NFL pros, how to be an NFL head coach, how to be an NFL QB. I think Tua needs to be able to step it up, especially with the cast of characters that he has. 
Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Miles Gaskin. They got a really solid cast, and I think that Tua has a prime opportunity to take a big leap in year two. But what if he doesn't? And I think that the lack of faith in Tua was showed last year. We talked about it way earlier in the podcast, and I didn't really like how they flip-flopped between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua. And it seems like the locker room kind of was split on Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua, too. A lot of people think that Tua wasn't necessarily ready. He doesn't really show him anything. He doesn't have an it factor. I think in flashes and games, especially that Arizona Cardinals game where I think he threw three touchdowns, he was really good. He was able to make good decisions. He was able to be electric like he was at Alabama. I think if he's able to replicate that a game-on-game basis and stay healthy, I think the key for all these QBs is to stay healthy because Drew Locke missed time last, last year with that ankle injury. Ben Roethlisberger is always a question mark with his health. And I think with Tua, it's staying healthy and maintaining good accuracy, good decisions, and just winning football games. I think if Tua is able to win football games, but if we get to a point where they're like 9-6 and six and they're barely on the cusp of making the playoffs and they're at that 8 spot and they barely miss it, I think that Dolphins media could be looking a new way because Brian Flores is in a very unique situation here. They got a fantastic team, a team that could win the Super Bowl in most aspects. But if they had a QB, a lot of people thought they would take Deshaun Watson in a trade and their team would be Super Bowl ready immediately. But Tua wasn't there yet. So I think that, and obviously the thing with Deshaun Watson is not happening right now, or maybe not anymore. Tua has a unique opportunity where the job is his and his alone this year. Can he step up and take that role in his hands and really make something of it? I'm rooting for all these guys to make something happen. And I would love to make a segment where it's the QB hot seat proved me wrong edition and Gregson's an idiot edition so I can really say hey these guys proved me wrong they defied my expectations and really made their teams better than what I originally thought all right guys that wraps up today episode 27 of the man with the plan podcast I hope you guys enjoyed really the support that has been pouring on this podcast is insane guys expect greater interviews greater episodes much more content I am so excited to where this is going Expect another episode by the weekend. We're going to talk about the schedule release. I want to do another QB hot seat or like a coach's hot seat again and really dive into that. I'm super excited for what's to come. My name is Grayson Mann. Guys, thank you so much as always for watching. Have a fantastic weekend and take care.